Listen, man. Dummy crafts and retardicans are two wings on the same fucking bird, nigga. Black lives never mattered in America. That's why Clinton and Biden said that we was predators. They scared of us, but they'll elect a white domestic terrorist. That's why we hate it here. That's why we kiss it up. That's right, I said it. Yep, I ain't never give a shit. Every president we ever had was a supremacist. From Washington to Trump, we ain't never been treated equal. Because this ain't our country, and these ain't our people. You can't vote away racism. The hatred is the matrix to the system. It's baked into the cake with them. So any black person with a working brain should understand. Nobody playing this shit ain't never been a fucking game. We on the verge of something strange. In the Hunger Games, these Caucasians been on a purge since Columbus came. They murdered millions of innocent women and children. What type of civilization did you think that these villains was building? And the fruit don't fall far from the tree, so how can trust in you be smart for my people? It's not, nigga. Stop with the propaganda. A black man is still get shot if he got his hands up. I got my ass beat by the cops while I was handcuffed. How can electing the architect of that crime bill still be the answer? You sambo niggas is like a cancer. You plan to sit down with these colonists, but our intention is to stand up. My man. We stuck in hell And this is what compels us to struggle Because we love ourselves So we must prevail My fam tough as nails Nothing scares us We don't care We gon' scream We hate it here Until they fucking hear us Black lives never mattered in America That's why Clinton and Biden Said that we was predators They scared of us But they'll elect a white domestic terrorist That's why we hate it here That's why we tear shit up That's right, I said it Yep, I ain't never give a shit Every president we ever had Was a supremacist From Washington to Trump We ain't never been treated equal Because this ain't our country And these ain't our People. That bitch called us super predators, nigga. You voted for that bitch. That nigga said he ain't want his fucking kids going to school in the urban jungle with us. Y'all voted for that nigga. Fucking dummy crack. Second Civil War. <laughs> Woo! God damn it. You know goddamn well. Anytime you hear that sound. Anytime you hear this sound right here. Woo! If you turn around and you don't see Ric Flair. Nigga, this is about this out. Y'all like this shit was going down. I, ain't <laughs> I think this shit was a game. This shit is not a game, bro. And my sport is definitely better than you guys. You can't get this from niggas shooting balls at each other, like throwing balls at each other and shit. You can't get this type of fucking excitement from a goddamn football game. My sport get niggas killed. Niggas, niggas die in my sport. It's real. This shit is real. This shit is real. None of this shit real. This shit all fake. All this shit. See, with my cynical fucking mind, what I'm thinking is, all of this shit is, is extreme theater. And while they have the whole world's eyes, attention, and focused on this extreme theater, what the fuck is really going on? Like, really, it's something, it's something happening that they don't want us to pay attention to, say they are directing our attention towards this motherfucker here. Term that all of you people really came up with. We will stop the steal. 
It's a pure theft in American history. Everybody knows it. That election, our election, was over at 10 o'clock in the evening. We're leading Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, by hundreds of thousands of votes. And then late in the evening or early in the morning, boom, these explosions of bullshit. And all of a sudden, find out where the nigga money come from, you'll find out who pulling the strings. That's a whole nother fucking podcast. I tell y'all, I told y'all, I'm like, yo, so they start that tea party shit, I'm like, yo, these fucking crackers is crazy. I'm telling you, this shit about to go down. Okay. They elected a goddamn TV star to be the president. If that don't tell you your government is fake, like when they elect, not even an actor, but a goddamn game show host to be the motherfucking president. I mean, okay. So now, where we at now is we're in the beginning stages of the white backlash. Now, look now, I want y'all motherfuckers to believe that this shit is over or, you know, they, they snap one time and then, you know, they good now, they gonna be, listen. The motherfuckers wasn't even upset, really. They was laughing. They was having a good time. You understand? They wasn't even angry. I mean, these crackers trashed the United States Capitol building. This is a bunch of niggas on the internet talking to each other. Yo, we're going to meet up at the Capitol building, bro. And, you know. So now, let's just recap, cause you know things happen so fast these days. It's hard to get a grasp of what the fuck is going on sometimes. But last time I checked, a wild and rabid pack of seditious white people, predominantly, who follow and support Donald Trump, who is the sitting president for the next eight, seven days, however many days. At his request and at his direction, stormed the United States Capitol building. Woo! On Facebook Live, like. Just say we love him. We love you, bro. No, he'll be happy. What do you mean? We're fighting for Trump. Hey, hold up. I can't, I can't get an outside line. I can get. I can call the U.S. Senate, apparently. Okay. Um, hello. Hello, U.S. Senate. Yes, we have a fraudulent election. I would like to report. Yeah, we need to get our boy Donald J. Trump into office. Yeah, yeah. Can we do that real quick? Oh yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Let's go. And uh, it's yoga season. Uh, yoga season. Let's go. Okay, America first is inevitable. Let's go! Fuck globalists! Let's go! You can literally call the U.S. Senate right here. So first of all, these is these is like the uh, what, what they call them? The never maskers. Uh, they won't wear masks. These motherfuckers won't wear masks. It's a goddamn pandemic. These motherfuckers won't wear masks for whatever reason. They, they mobbed up. So now, now it's a seditious super spreader event. Like, these motherfuckers is just compounding criminal acts in this motherfucker. Like, no mask, bare-faced 
Now we want our country back. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo. But then, when I say this shit, niggas like, uh, are you tripping? I'm tripping. <laughs> Nigga, they wasn't even mad. That wasn't a riot. That was a party for them. <laughs> you see, they put the fucking noose. They, they put the hangman noose up. That, that was... And then, like, cause my my daughter seen that shit. They like that. These fucking crackers put a noose up. Like, she ain't say it like that, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's that's what the fuck they do. They they put up nooses. They like them shits. I think they invented them shits. But come to find out, the noose was for Mike Pence, bitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> they was gonna hang that nigga. These niggas had these niggas. These is ex-military, current military, current law enforcement. They, they talk about. Well, how did they get past the Capitol Police, bitch? Those is the Capitol Police. <laughs> Channel 2 News begins right now with breaking news. <laughs> breaking developments in the investigation into the deadly violence at the Capitol building. We have learned a Houston police officer may face federal charges in connection to the chaos that unfolded last week. <laughs> Houston Police Chief Art Acevedo made the announcement earlier today. Channel 2's Taisha Walker is joining us live at HPD headquarters downtown with the new details in this investigation. Taisha? Chief Art Acevedo stopped short of identifying the patrol officer, but multiple KPRC2 sources have confirmed the officer is Tam Din Pham. That's him pictured in uniform. <laughs> Pham is an Asian-American officer with 18 years with HPD, according to the police chief. Acevedo says he learned of Pham's involvement this past Sunday when someone sent the chief a photo of Pham inside of the Capitol building with a mask and a Trump flag. Acevedo says he was able to independently confirm that Pham was at the Trump rally in Washington, D.C. on his own time through the officer's Facebook page. Acevedo says it was part of FAM's First Amendment right to attend the rally, but says the officer broke the law by penetrating the Capitol. As of today, that officer is on administrative leave. There is no excuse for criminal activity, especially from a police officer. I can't tell you the anger I feel at the thought of a police officer and other police officers thinking they get to go storm the Capitol or members of the military or members of the Secret Service. Acevedo says he's confident that the officer will be facing federal charges. And Chief Acevedo also says he believes that Fan Fam went to D.C. alone, but it is all part of the investigation to see if maybe any other officers traveled to D.C. with him. <laughs> that, that's your fucking government, and that's what they're allowed to do because that's what they're directed to do. Fam went to D.C. alone, but it is all part of the investigation to see if maybe any other officers traveled to D.C. with him. The same police departments that you talk about, you want to defund and reform. You 
see how that shit work for your <laughs> Them niggas stopped coming to work. They was like, fuck that. <laughs> Let them niggas kill each other. <laughs> that's, that's your fucking government. And that's what they allowed to do because that's what they directed to do. You think it you think it's a coincidence that they was on full and the highest alert during the so-called BL and I say so-called BLM because those was white people. They, 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 those were the yo, listen. Um looting the store and taking all the TVs and the and the sneakers and and all that shit, that is that is pure black people activity. But like burning the store down that don't got shit in it that we need and then like going into government shit and burning that shit up, that is pure white people activity. Black people don't riot like that. For 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 in the black community, I don't I don't been through several riots, man. I I'm I'm in the black community, a riot is like a, a random opportunity. Most of the motherfuckers that be rioting don't even know what the fuck we rioting about. It, it's a riot. Oh shit, nigga, the stores. Are, it, it, hey, that's that's a riot. White people riot on purpose. God damn it, they send out, they send out memos and emails and shit, and they leave trails on the internet. We gotta meet up at the Capitol building, bro. <laughs> It's fucking cracking. It's hilarious. With with no fear, no shit. Cause they know they walked in the building, they walked out the building. How the fuck did that happen? Plenty of flashing blue lights out here now from police departments all across the region. I talked to one retired federal police chief today who said that he would be happy to slap the handcuffs on President Trump himself for inciting a riot. There are lots of lawmakers up here on both sides of, of the aisle who are just as angry at police for not being ready for this. Right from the start, it is clear from the video that Capitol Police were understaffed and underprepared. The few officers at an outer perimeter quickly knocked down and overrun. It is outrageous. This was a crowd of thugs Senator Mark Warner of Virginia in the Gang of Eight as ranking member of the Intel Committee said senior officials of the FBI had assured him beforehand that they had the intel and resources they needed. They were flat wrong. Members called some officers heroes. 50 were hurt, several hospitalized. But there is bipartisan condemnation of the actions of others. It's another thing to take selfies with them and to tacitly let them go through the lines. Speaker Pelosi is now demanding the resignation of Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sun. Soon to be Senate Majority Leader Schumer says the Sergeant at Arms has to go. Congressman Anthony Brown, an Army vet, says his faith is shaken. It's probably obvious that there was a, a failure of leadership um, to make sure that they were well resourced, that they understood the situation and the threat. How could they have not known this was coming? I mean, everybody had heard uh, on Twitter about this. Bruce, they, they knew it was coming. Oh, whoa. They sure know how to put on the riot gear and show muscle when it was Black Lives Matter protesters. 
Now, the House has already launched a massive probe of this disastrous failure in the wake of insurrection, disastrous failure as an insurrection was occurring. But there are also concerns about the safety of the inauguration here in less than two weeks and the intel that terrorists might have gathered during this penetration of the Capitol. Live at the Capitol, Bruce Lachey, WUSA 9. There are likely so many things going on behind the scenes right now to get ready for that big event, even though we know this city has been tested and has handled these many, many times. The events of yesterday show us that you can never be too prepared. Bruce, thank you. So, yeah. And then you see the black cop, like, all right, so, you see the black cop, and they chasing him up the steps and shit. I'm like, yo, this nigga's pussy. He's pure pussy. I see the gun, and he got a gun on his hip. He got a baton in his hand, but he got a gun on his hip. I mean, nigga, at least wave the gun. If, you, if you're not going to pop nobody, at least wave the fucking gun, nigga. It's a load of... Nigga, that, my tax money pay for that fucking gun that you running around with on your hip for no goddamn reason. Wave the fucking gun, stupid. But come to find out. Right before he picks up his collapsible baton, or, or drops it, He's standing at a doorway and you have the mob uh, entering the doorway and he is retreating, he's backing up. Um, so, right, so he picks up his baton and he's going up the steps. Um, and, you know, it's very interesting that, uh, which I did not pick up on when I first watched it. He glances over at the, I guess that's the Senate chamber, which is really interesting. So um, he pushes man who's wearing the black t-shirt and the hat and the, the sleeves, and he pushes him to get him to kind of follow along, uh, follow him along. Incredible situational awareness. And I guess, you know, perhaps that's from being in the military and just being a cop for so long. And when he's backing away, you know, when someone's retreating because they don't want to get hurt, the best way to do so is to turn your back and run. And that's not what he does, right? So he's facing them and he's walking backwards. So clearly like he's just really trying to distract them and to get them to come along. It's rather incredible whenever you watch it, you know, slowly frame by frame. The real story was that this brave and heroic Afro-American law enforcement officer was actually sacrificing himself as a decoy so that he could lead the ravenous white mob away from the rich white people that have been controlling their lives. And that's the big red elephant in the room. From a perspective of domestic terrorism, Woo! angry white men are the primary and predominant threat. Mass shootings in America. Woo! Angry white men are the primary and predominant threat. School shootings. Woo! Angry white young men are the primary and predominant threat. From the perspective of riots where government buildings are accosted and attacked. Woo! Angry white men. This is so from the perspective of law enforcement officers run around killing unarmed people on videotape with impunity. Angry white men. The 130 Republican congressmen that voted to support the insurrection of their own government. Angry white men. Um, I mean, look, man, the shit that interests me the most is the attachment of the word radicalized to the word angry white men. 
So when you attach the word radicalized to the words angry white men, my man, yo, you, you know what you're dealing with. I am William Wallace, and I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. Free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? So, over the next 10 days, we get to see the machines that are crooked, the ballots that are fraudulent, and if we're wrong, we will be made fools of. But if we're right, a lot of them will go to jail. So, let's have trial by combat. No, we will run, and we will live. Die. Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives but they'll never take our freedom! All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. That's what they've done and what they're doing. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore, and that's what this is all about. Do you know what Green Berets are trained to do? An Army Special Forces operative is trained to go behind enemy lines, engage the community behind enemy lines, organize that community, train that community, and then send that community into combat against their own government. So the, the Army Special Forces and Green Berets are trained to create insurgencies in small countries. So knowing that, add to that the fact that this, this attack on the Capitol that just happened was predominantly orchestrated by ex-military and current military, ex-law enforcement, and current law enforcement officers, and paramilitary groups and militia groups. Who's that? Angry white man. So when you start talking about your vote matters and all that shit, nigga, all that marching and singing shit, and your raptivism and all that shit, Bitch, that shit don't mean nothing. Nigga, this shit is not a game. This shit is not a fucking game at all. That You playing with it. These fucking crackers is dead ass serious. So if you want to wait till they start going from door to door, dragging people out their houses and executing them and shit, because they've done this before. Y'all motherfuckers don't realize who the fuck you surrounded by. You don't know nothing about your fucking history. You don't know nothing about their fucking history. 
And you, these is your fucking neighbors and your coworkers. They're laughing your face in the office and go in the voting booth and vote for a white supremacist. And then tell you that it have nothing to do with race. Oh, we we support his policies. It's it's oh we 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 really don't like the racism stuff. Yeah. The importance of, of history and the historical context is imperative here. Because if you just look at the police from the perspective of oh I was born, the police was here. They beat my ass since I was born. I, I assume they here to beat my ass. I mean, that's true if you're black in America, but the reasons why that's true are not being discussed in this whole police reform debate. So when you talk about defunding the police and reforming the police, you talk about police. It's the idea of policing. What was the police department in America created and designed to do? Is it doing that? Is it not doing that? If you want to reform this shit, then first you got to figure out what the fuck the shit was designed to do. My history of the idea of policing in the United States, that was supposed to come later on in the podcast, but I think it's, I think it's imperative that I change this shit around and just give it to you now. When George Floyd was executed on videotape in front of the whole world, I noticed that in the News coverage, the media coverage, everybody, the whole entire globe was screaming this man name. And the thing that struck me is, you know, at that time, we had the whole world's attention and the whole world's attention was focused on one black man being killed. We don't know how Floyd ended up on the ground. One officer is pressing his knee into Floyd's neck, which we see clearly in this video, taken only seconds later by another witness standing in front of the grocery store. She captured the next 10 minutes of his deadly arrest up until he is taken away in an ambulance. I was confused a little bit because America has been killing black men violently and publicly since before America was a country. So for the emphasis to be on this one particular man and this one particular killing seemed to me to be like misplaced. Before that even happened, we had the Breonna Taylor case. Loved ones of Breonna Taylor grieving and outraged. The 26-year-old Louisville first responder shot eight times and killed by police. In this situation, this, this woman was in her house, in her bed, sleeping. And her boyfriend, who was a registered gun owner, was trying to protect her from people that he thought was invading her house, which is what he's supposed to do. And in the conflict, this woman, unarmed, in her house, in her bed, ends up shot several times, basically murdered. Just to know that she um, died like that in the comfort of her own home. On March 13th, before 1 a.m., Louisville police say three officers executed a search warrant at Taylor's apartment, an address police believed was used by a suspected drug dealer to traffic narcotics. Police reports say officers Jonathan Mattingly, Brett Hankinson, and Miles Cosgrove, wearing plain clothes and no body cameras, announced themselves and forced entry. To any objective viewer, anybody looking at this shit with a critical eye can tell you that that whole situation went down wrong. Like, I don't even have to get into all the discrepancies with the case and how it was reported. 
when Attorney General Daniel Cameron initially announced the results of the grand jury's investigation, he made it sound like he walked all he walked the grand jurors through all of Kentucky's homicide charges and that the grand jury agreed with him and with his office that the only charges that were warranted were wanton endangerment charges against a former officer. She was in her house. The person that they was looking for was not in her house. She ended up dead. They are responsible, period. While there are six possible homicide charges under Kentucky law, these charges are not applicable to the facts before us because our investigation showed and the grand jury agreed that Mattingly and Cosgrove were justified in their return of deadly fire after having been fired upon by Kenneth Walker. I realized that it was a lot of people that, for some reason or whatever reason, actually believed that that girl's family was going to get some kind of justice from the American criminal justice system, which to me is just fucking, I don't know where the fuck y'all got that impression from. Like, if you've been paying attention, like, I don't really understand how you came to that conclusion that the United States criminal justice system was going to finally provide justice for a victim of police brutality. The uprisings against police brutality across U.S. cities came after police officers killed 46-year-old George Floyd. But the anger you see is also in response to a history of police violence. A history that has left black people more scared about being a victim of police violence than being a victim of violent crime. Now, there are growing calls to defund or even abolish the police. The episode is about the history of policing in America and the history of racism in the system of policing in America. The relationship between African-Americans and the police uh, is a very tense one. To understand American policing today is really to tell a story that comes out of slavery in the United States. People always neglect the history of the United States when they talking about race relations and that's ass backwards. The United States was built on racial conflict and the exploitation of people based on race and ethnicity. The enslavement of one group of people based on ethnicity and race and exploitation of labor from another group of people based on ethnicity and race. The United States of America is an extension of Great Britain. The same way Great Britain is an extension of Rome. The same way Rome is an extension of Greece. These iterations of European Western civilization are what is known as hegemony. Go look it up. In the hegemonic progression of Western civilization, America is only the latest iteration. The British colonies that were established in America by the United Kingdom were colonies that followed the British rule and system of law. They were extensions of Britain. They lived like British people to a certain extent in the South. There were two groups of European colonists to America. There was the religious Puritan colonists, the Protestants that came over here. They was basically up in the North, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York. Then there was the criminal element of Europe and the capitalist element of Europe that came to the Americas just to make money. And they populated the South. So from the beginning, the British colonies that became America were economically disparate, meaning unequal, meaning there was a very small, rich class of people who was white men 
and there was a very large, poor class of people who was every fucking body else. And there was an even smaller group of people who was African slaves at the time here in America before America existed. Even though the first ship with enslaved Africans arrived in Virginia in 1619, slavery wasn't actually the dominant form of labor in Virginia until much later in the late 1600s. In fact, the vast majority of laborers in Virginia were, in fact, white indentured servants. So indentured servitude at this time was a relationship where one English person, white English person, would pay another English person to travel to the New World and work their land for them for a period of three to seven years, usually. And then after that, that indentured servant would be given a small plot of land and some tools to work it with. This was the head right system. And the head right system said that every time one of those English people sent somebody over here, they got 50 acres of free land. So if you could afford to send people over here, the more people you could afford to send over here, the more acreage of land you had rights to in America. And that's what established the system of inequality and economic disparity in this country in the first place. Remember, this was a this was a good deal for planters when these white servants never actually survived to make good on the promises of land. And now that they are, planters don't want to extend them things like a promise of land because land is already scarce. In 1675 to 1676 in the British colony in Jamestown, Virginia, a man named Nathaniel Bacon raised a rebellion. He formed a militia and he raised a rebellion and he went to war against the Native Americans that was also in Virginia at the time. He went to war with them so that he could take over their land because the indentured servants and the, the black slaves could not get land in Virginia at the time. And the reason that they thought they couldn't get land in Virginia is because the Indians was on it. And this was the time when America was fighting wars of extinction. So Nathaniel Bacon took it on himself to organize militia and go on his own war of extinction against the Indians in Virginia at the time. So this is a group of landless white men, landless African-American men who have rebelled against the government of Virginia. Uh, Governing body at the time was called the House of Burgesses. They did not want Nathaniel Bacon at war with the Indians. They had just finished going to war with the Indians. They were tired of being at war with the Indians. Nathaniel Bacon burnt down Indian villages, then came back to Jamestown, Virginia, and burnt that shit down. Him and his cohorts. They chased the governor of Jamestown, Virginia, back to Britain. Like, he fled. His name was Berkeley, Governor Berkeley. He fled back to Britain. After Berkeley fled, Nathaniel Bacon died. He died of dysentery, supposedly. But he died of illness and his rebellion was squashed. It, it basically petered out. So Governor Barkley returned with the British Navy, which was the greatest military force in the world at the time. They subdued the rest of the rebellion, the rest of the rebels, and hung about 13 people in the middle of the street and put their heads on pikes and all of that. 
But clearly, this was a really scary moment for the House of Burgesses and for the leaders and planters in Virginia. And they started to think, all right, well, maybe this indentured servitude thing isn't working out so well, because once these indentures are up, we've got this whole set of landless free whites who technically have the rights of Englishmen, but we have little work for them, we have little land for them, and it's going to end up with constant rebellion. So maybe we should think about a different source of labor, one that will never get its freedom. And it just so happened that there were many such laborers for sale on the coast of West Africa. After Bacon's Rebellion, it was established that the poor white people in the American colonies would never again be encouraged to join forces with the enslaved Africans that was in the American colonies. And in order to establish that fact as a law, the British imposed slave laws in the Virginia colonies. So racism in America is, is in bed. This is before America was America. These are the people who made America. And before they even came up with the idea of America, they had already settled on the fact that it was okay to enslave black people. Racism was a rule of British society and therefore American society from birth, right? Okay, let's move on. <clears throat> Happy Second Civil War. It's so nice to see you all here. We we really have to stop meeting like this. This is some bullshit. As a historian, this particular point in history is, like, fascinating to me because I'm like, you don't have to have a PhD in no kind of anything to have seen this type of shit coming. And if you don't realize that white people in America have a tendency to rebel against the government from time to time, if you ain't figured that shit out by now, Nigga, the whole reason why we have an America, supposedly, is because white people rebelled against their government, right? When they don't like how the government is going, these motherfuckers, don't, they don't go out and vote. <laughs> they tell your ass to go out and vote. These motherfuckers don't go out and vote, nigga, they... Okay, so, like, as far as I'm concerned, it's, there's a big red elephant in the fucking room. And the big red elephant in the fucking room is angry white people in America. And that does not mean to include all white people in America. But like I said, the angry white people in America are the big fucking red elephant in the room. You know what I'm saying? And that's not saying that all white people are racist. That's not saying that all Trump supporters are racist. But all of the racists are Trump supporters and most of the Trump supporters are white people. So, this is what I'm saying. Y'all be trying to have political fucking discussions when the elephant in the room is actually angry white men. And nobody will just call it what it is. And when I say the, the, the elephant in the room is angry white men, I mean from the perspective of threats and attacks on the quote-unquote homeland, um, these all come from angry white men. After the civil rights movement, after 
the angry white man blew the peaceful black man's head off, black people was upset. I mean, they killed the most nonviolent advocate for peace that America has probably ever known. And then turn around and tell us to calm down. You know, so motherfuckers was rightfully upset. In the late 60s, King died in 68. So in the late 60s, all black people in America didn't want to separate and be separate. Nationalism was an aspect of the black power movement. But the main purpose and thrust of it was towards liberation. And that is to be free from the oppression of the United States government and the American people. During the 60s, the portion of black people that was actually radicalized and militant and really wanted a national identity for ourselves, that was a relatively small group of individuals in the black community. Just like now, the majority of black people in America just wanted to be treated as American. You know what I'm saying? Black national wanted a national identity for black people in America. You know what I'm saying? Those are two different things. And the nationalists represented a, a much smaller group. Like, that's why you don't hear about Albert Clegg as much as you hear about Martin Luther King. Albert Clegg was a minister. Albert, Albert Clegg ran a, a, a letter congregation, a large congregation. But Albert Clegg was a separatist and he was not a pacifist. So, of course, the American media did not promote Albert Clay the same way and the American historians have not, you know, kept his arguments alive the same way they've kept selective arguments from Martin Luther King alive. But my point is, there was a, there was a small unit of black Americans or black people in America that wanted national identity, right? So the whole entire United States government went to fucking war like literal war like body bags and bullets war like bombs and grenades and blowing up niggas cars and that shit was a threat to national fucking security they murdered these niggas they murdered these niggas in their beds with their wives and their children in the fucking room you can run down the list of name of black nationalists that was apprehended without gunfire you can run down that list of names i can run it down to you right now none God damn it. The whole United States government went to war against the black nationalist movement and the American people supported them in that war. And these brothers was fucking murdered in their beds, in their homes, with their women and children by the fucking white angry men, police, pig, whatever the fuck you want to call these crackers. The United States government waged war against a very small portion of the black community and has never relented. And that's why you still see in the year 2020, 2021, black people being murdered in the streets by police on videotape with impunity. The only reason why we have police in America is because the police are here to protect rich people and their property from poor people. They could call it law enforcement. They could call it whatever the fuck they want to. And if you go back and look at the history of municipal policing in the United States of America, then you will see that policing in the South came out of the slave patrols, which was slave patrols was mandatory for any white man in the South above the age of 18. Like if you was a white man in the South above the age of 18 and you seen a nigga anywhere a nigga wasn't supposed to be, or like you felt a nigga wasn't supposed to be, or whatever the law was you had to like so that's saying like if the other white people found out that you knew the nigga was over there 
And you ain't say shit, nigga, your ass is in trouble. That was the law. And, and the, the whole system of policing in the South grew out of the slave catcher's patrol. Now let's see what happened to these fucking crackers. And while you tell me about how your vote matters, these crackers ran up in the fucking U.S. Capitol, killed the motherfucking Capitol police officer, and left, walked out, and went home. And ain't shit gonna happen to these motherfuckers, yo. All these motherfuckers was apprehended. This is the difference between when 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 this so-called you know modernized and woke white people, you know they feel like they know what's going on and they feel like they can relate. But relate to this: when black people are even perceived to be a threat, we are dealt with with maximum force. Like the United States government has historically and traditionally been at literal war they wage war the war on drugs the war on poverty that 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 was war against black people in america whereas white people in america are allowed to challenge the status quo in violent and insurrectionist and seditious ways the same way the confederates was forgiven for seceding from the union that's the same way these motherfuckers is gonna be forgiven watch Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is gonna be a violent swing to the middle. Oh, I'm, I'm everybody's president. I'm not just the president for the people that voted for me. Uh, we, we need to unify the country and all that bullshit. Because it's all bullshit. And every time you go run down there and vote for this bullshit, you submit to this bullshit. And as long as the majority of y'all keep submitting to this bullshit, that's what it's going to be because it's strength in numbers. I ain't playing with y'all niggas. Y'all think this shit is a fucking game, man. This ain't no fucking game. We've been at war with these fucking crackers for 3,000 years at least. Nigga, add that shit up. That's how I was a menace to my own society Put you the gin juice in the hood But I was just a kid on my own, no father figure Trying to figure out how I'ma get good First I need the queen, then I need the kingdom Then I need the castle, then I need the throne Then I need a prince to give me two princesses I can make a black America my own Put it on the map Pigs get clapped at the cross our borders And I got a whole city population for the black men That are snapping to touch our daughters African warriors, that's what they call them But you could hear the motherfucking drum when coming Not Shaka Zulu though, I got the Thule bro This is Wakanda, I'm the kill mom Rule. My squad move out like the army do. Move right, fuck is y'all niggas trying to prove? Said you was down to ride, it's time we do. This is the climax of a chronicle. Remember, white backlash, I'm reminding you. These crackers gonna spaz soon as down to lose, and then watch what Joe and Kamala do. These rap actors sound kinda confused. Most of their political views is comic cool. You can stream George Floyd and Beyond the two. You will never get the justice they promised you. Ride for the people, I'ma ride for you. And if it come down to it, I'll die with you. Mind detect mind, great minds combining up. My song, what up? What the fuck is up with you, nigga? Who sent you, nigga? Dummy crats and retardicans are two wings on the same fucking bird, stupid. Your fucking vote does not matter. Y'all need a more mature political stance. We fucking hate it here. It's the reason why we fucking hate it here. These motherfuckers ain't never loved us, nigga. And I'm not Drake. I'm not saying that shit with a smirk on my face.